our fall series is called A Missional Life. And one of the things I've been really excited about is, uh, is this week. Um, because the topic is one that's really, really dear to my heart. We started out with just an introduction of the, the angst that we feel sometimes of the gap between how, how good the gospel is and how tough it is sometimes to communicate that, that we want to tell people about Jesus, but it can be, it can be hard, it can be difficult, and, and we feel a, an angst, we feel a difficulty that there's that gap in between, that we, we often feel like we're not sharing the gospel as we should, but, but we want to. And the last couple of weeks we talked about who God is, just his love and his heart, that he is a pursuing God, a forgiving God, a reconciling God, and that the mission of God flows out of the love of God that he wants to see people come to a knowledge of the truth, that he wants people to be reconciled to God. And so today, when it talks about our role as ambassadors of that truth, it is one of my favorite passages, and it's one of my favorite stories. When I went to Bible college, I had this really strong sense that I couldn't do anything else, uh, but also just a massive sense of underqualification, right? That I came from a church that didn't believe women could be pastors at all, and uh, didn't really come from a family that had done a lot of higher education. And so to think of, like, who, who am I? Um, I was like, maybe God will give me, like, you know, uh, a sign or a word or something. And those really weren't forthcoming either. So I'm like, man, I just, it's really hard for me to work this out that, like, I know that God's given some gifts, which are still pretty rough and people aren't seeing them, but I, I think that there's something here that God's called me to do. And so when I first heard this story, um, one of the things it gave me confidence in was just, as a pastor, what it meant to rely on God's mission and God's message. But it also has a wider implication. This is who we are as people. This is who God's made us to be. And so this is a story from uh, David T. Fisher and the 21st Century Pastor. It has some really nice, like, 1990s cover art. I think the book was made in 1996. Uh, but it's talking about his experience meeting an ambassador. And that's what we're talking about this week. So David Fisher says this. I served on the board of a Christian college for several years. During that time, the government of Swaziland wanted to recruit Christian school teachers to come to their country and help them set up a Christian school system. Swaziland is a monarchy, and this was the desire of the king. So Swaziland's ambassador to the United Nations, Nelson Malinga, came to the college to interview students. I was privileged, along with another board member, to serve as his host for two days. It was an eye-opening experience. My lifetime in a democracy had not prepared me for the power of a monarchy. I had never before met a government official, and I discovered that ambassadors are a very special type of government official. Ambassadors of a king are even more unusual. The first thing I noticed was Mr. Malinga's sense of dignity. It was quickly apparent that he was the personal representative of a king. His office bore an inherent power that gave the ambassador great confidence. From his behavior, it was, he was well aware that he spoke for a king. It was clear. He was quick to say, the king says. And if anyone questioned his authority or his word, he could have simply replied, call the king. Mr. Malinga's dignified confidence rested in his assurance that he spoke for a monarch who had nearly absolute power. I think I have this phrase on the screen, because this is the one that really hit me. Because the ambassador spoke for the king, a certain authority accompanied everything he did or said. At the same time, however, the ambassador was quite reserved. At all times, he deferred to the king, from whom his confidence and his power came. For neither the message he spoke nor the mission he was on were his own. 
At night, when the meetings were over and we went back to the hotel, Mr. Malinga had one last task. He called home to talk to the king. He had known the king all his life and represented a king that he loved and respected. I think that much of the ambassador's dignity and quiet sense of authority came not just from his high office, but also from his relationship with the king. He knew what the king thought and desired. He lived to make the king's wishes come into being. As we get into some of this content from the Mission to Life course and uh, some of the sermon content that they've, they, they've had for, for this series, I want to start with that story because, again, it means a lot to me that this is what God has made us. He's made us his ambassadors. He's made us people that our, our dignity, our power, our message, our authority, all of it comes from our relationship with the king. So this is a great picture of who we are. And when we think of ambassadors, right, maybe we think of a government official, right? Maybe we think of a story like this, this authorized representative on assignment for a king. An ambassador like Mr. Malinga, right, is carrying that culture. He's bringing a piece of that kingdom and what the king desires there and is able to communicate it, is able to not just be a person that knows about it, but advocates for it and works to make it happen. The ambassador isn't just somebody that carries the culture, but he works to bring that in that space, in that area that he is. If you've ever been to an embassy, right? If you go to an embassy in a different country, that embassy is actually like having a piece of that little country inside another country, right? If you go to the Canadian embassy overseas, when you're in the embassy, you're on Canadian soil, right? So you can be in Germany, but if you're in the Canadian embassy, you're in Canada, right? And that's a picture of who we are as ambassadors. We bring the kingdom of God. We announce the kingdom of God that Christ inaugurated. We are citizens of heaven as well as citizens of earth. And God's given us the power to be his ambassadors. Now, ambassador is usually a much cheaper word in our culture, right? When I think of ambassadors, you know what the first thing I think of is? Brand ambassadors. Like, if somebody gives you a necklace and you make a post saying, man, this jewelry company is the best company, well, now you're a brand ambassador, right? You can be paid to use your identity, your space, your stuff, to advocate for somebody that will give you money. And so we've used the word ambassador, we've turned it into a financial idea in our culture. Maybe you're, you know, gone to the Apple store, right? Like, people are just, they are there, and they are Apple brand ambassadors, right? Like, they know the Apple culture, they know the Apple equipment. This is a little piece of Silicon Valley right in the Apple store, right? So we've made it, when we talk about ambassadors, a lot of time, a very commercial thing. We've made it about transactions, we've made it about money, and we've made it something that isn't really about bringing something worthy or serving a higher cause. But most often when we talk about ambassadors, it's just about selling something. And that's in such great contrast to a God, right? Our God is for us. Our God wants his rule and his reign, not to get something from us because he needs it, but for our good and thereby his glory. Because when we know him and we're in relationship with him, then God is glorified. And we are at our happiest when we are knowing God and enjoying him when our sins are forgiven and when we're in right relationship with each other. And so what God is giving is not just an ambassadorship that says, I want to expand my kingdom by getting all you guys to do a little bit of my grunt work. What God gives us is life and dignity to be those who are his kids and his representatives of the kingdom of heaven. And in our lives, right, we can look around and we can see what people are ambassadors for. Maybe it's really obvious and blatant, right? Like they're an ambassador for something else. 
And you know, we're all gonna have other things that we go, you know, I really, I really am passionate about this. I'm really passionate about homeschooling. I'm really passionate about sourdough bread. I'm really passionate about Formula One racing. All of us have the things where we're like, this is something that I'm gonna tell you about, I'm gonna advocate for, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about what I'm about and bring it to this space wherever I am, because this is the culture and the values that I carry. But as people who are kingdom citizens, people who love Jesus, we are number one called to be ambassadors of the kingdom of God. That's the priority and the identity that defines everything else, that sets everything else straight and in line, that wherever we walk, we are carrying God's identity and God's kingdom. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says this. And this is not just a pronunciation about a few pastors. This is talking about the identity of the people of God and what God's made us to be. Therefore, if anyone, not just some people, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God was making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God has provided, right, that we can be reconciled. God does not want to hold our sins against us. He wants to forgive them, have them dealt with by what Christ has done, have us receive and apply that truth to our lives so we don't have the weight and the penalty of sin against us. And we get to carry that message. This is an extraordinary claim, right? Whether he's speaking to somebody who was a first century slave, a first century head of household, a first century business person, a first century merchant, a scholar, somebody with no education, you, he says, are a new creation. And he's made us ambassadors of Christ. That no matter who you are, no matter your status in society, no matter how long you've been a Christian, God has made you someone that carries an identity as a citizen of heaven. And that wherever you go, you are bringing who God is and the identity he's given you. That you are a representative of the kingdom of God. And it's based on a close relationship with the king, right? Just like in the story. That is when we become people who know who Jesus is, as we become people that reflect the heart and the character of God, we bring more and more the values, the story, and the culture of the kingdom wherever we go. That we're a kingdom of forgiveness and not grudges. That we're a kingdom of safety and not dishonor. We're a kingdom of calmness and not reactivity. We are people that carry a value for life and not a a devaluing of life. We are people that carry the values, the culture, and the story of God wherever we go, the kingdom of God. So the first thing that ambassadors do, right, whether you're talking about Mr. Malinga and Swaziland, whether you're talking about Benjamin Franklin in the olden days, whether you're talking about us in the kingdom of heaven, it's this. Ambassadors represent. An ambassador is a representative. You're not chosen just randomly because maybe you used to live there, but you are somebody who is going to embody and bring with you the story, the values, and the culture of a place. Wherever you go, you're the Canadian representative, right? You're going to bring the Canadian story, culture, and values. If you're God's representative, you're bringing. What's God's story? Who does he say that we are? What, are, what is God's culture? What is, what is God's value? 
and we do that in another place. So just like if you're going to do that in another country soil on earth, that's what we do as citizens of heaven wherever we go. We represent who God is, his story, the true story, his culture, his values in another place. We are there for Christ as bastards because he's making his appeal through us. This is how God's getting his message across is through his people, by his Holy Spirit. And that's why God is grieved in the scriptures by poor representation. This is why God speaks not only in the Old Testament to his people and says, away from me with your religious feasts and your nonsense, right? This is not who I am. This is making me sick. Turn from your sins. Following me and actually re reflecting my heart, actually following me and doing what I've told you to do, actually repenting for your sins, actually receiving forgiveness. This is like the basic basic beginning of being my representative. We can't just live with any culture we want, any story, any values, and then say, oh yeah, I'm Christ's representative. Poor representation grieves God's heart. In the New Testament, right, is God thrilled with the Pharisees? Or are Christ's words like, well, you travel over land and sea to win a single convert, and then when you find one, you make him twice as much of a son of hell as you are? That doesn't sound like God is pleased <laughs> with the methods with what they're doing, with their strict adherence to every detail of the law, but completely missing the heart of God to forgive and to bring people into relationship with him. Is God grieved when Christians do things that are really far from his heart? When people start wars in Christ's name, when we abuse people in Christ's name, none of this is the representation that God is calling us to do. And on a smaller scale, right? What about when we're known by being ambassadors for, first and foremost, our preferences? Well, I'm this kind of person when it comes to politics. I'm this kind of person when it comes to where I want to live. I'm this kind of person when it comes to exactly how far I'll go to my comfort zone. If our preferences or our politics define us, we're not representing Christ first and foremost. One pastor said, right, Jesus died for people, not preferences. He did. But if we're not people who care for the values that God's brought in his kingdom, that tell the story of Christ, then we have to ask the question, God, am I grieving you? Am I representing who you are? And on the one hand, you know, we can go pretty far off the rails and we can go, oh, well, like definitely this person and that person and this movement and that movement went far. But I don't think we need to live in this, in this fear of, oh, man, like, am I always representing God right? And did I mess up one day? Like, we're all human. We're all going to mess things up. But as we maintain that relationship with God and every day say, God, what do, you, what do you want? What's your heart? Am I reading the scripture and being reminded, God, that this is the story that is true? This is the culture and the values that you have. This is the kind of person you want to form me into as I develop the character of Christ then we naturally become the kind of people who are representatives. We don't need to wander around being like, well, I don't know if I can represent Jesus today. Well, you're all representing him as a new creation. Now, am I staying in touch with God? Am I understanding more of who he is? And am I becoming a better representative of Christ? And that's our hope and our prayer, right? To just become a better representative of Christ every day. Second thing is ambassadors have authority. On our way back from a conference, we're going to go to the pastor's conference uh, for our Western District of our fellowship uh, this week. And we're going to come back in a few days. And we're going to cross the border, right? And there's going to be a border guard asking questions like, well, how long were you away? What did you pick up? Are you bringing back any of certain things across the border? 
Now, this person, when they got up out of bed and put on their pants one leg at a time like the rest of us, they did not wake up and sit at their breakfast table with the authority of the U.S. government, right? But when they got to work and they crossed the threshold and they sat in that little booth where they could open up the window and look at our car, what happened? Well, they've got some authority, right? And that authority has been given to them. Not because they were especially special or talented, you know, they passed kind of the basic requirements for being a, somebody who works at the border, but they've been given authority to do their job, right? They've been given authority to ask the questions they're asking, to do what they're doing, to direct the cars to go this way or that way. That authority comes from somewhere. It's not their own. And so ambassadors, who we are, we also have authority, right? Because we're ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. And we get to carry that wherever we go. We are citizens of the kingdom of God just as we are still citizens of earth, right? And as dual citizens, we have the authority God's given us as he's given to his disciples. That's pretty, pretty incredible, right? It's not relative to position. It's not relative to age. But because God's given us the Holy Spirit, we get to be his witnesses in Judea and Samaria and the end of the earth. We get to have the power to edify each other and to speak words of life. We get to follow Jesus wherever he leads because we have authority given to us by God. That's because we know the king, right? As it says in the same passage, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We know who our king is. It's King Jesus. And we know the kingdom that we're a part of. Jesus inaugurated the kingdom of heaven. They were waiting for a Messiah, right, in the Old Testament. They were waiting for a Messiah in Jesus' time who would restore the greatness of Israel, right? Who would restore and overthrow the enemies. And God's plans were to inaugurate something so much bigger, right? That is, as Jesus says so many times in the Gospel of Matthew, says it in the other Gospels, but Matthew really emphasizes it, that the kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom of heaven is among you. We know that Jesus has inaugurated the kingdom. And when he comes back, as it says in Revelation, that he will reign forever. He will put everything finally, God will put everything finally under his feet. So we are in this now and not yet, as they say. We're in the in-between. Jared's laughing because we had a professor once at Bible college who would always talk about the now and not yet, right? Jesus says, I said, the kingdom of God is here. It's among you. But it's also like a mustard seed, right? We look forward one day when death is no more, when evil is no more. When Jesus wipes away every tear from people's eyes. No more mourning or crying or death because those things have passed away. And we are what? We're the heralds. We're the announcers. We're saying the kingdom is here. The word gospel, right, comes from good news. That if you were in a place where a lot of your stability would depend on who's the king or who's the emperor, the time in between kings, the time when, you know, one person's fallen and one battle's happened, and, and, the, and there wasn't really a clear ruler, could be very, very unsure. And when there was a new king on the throne, right, what would they have? They would have a herald ride through saying, this is the good news, this is the gospel, this person is on the throne. And the New Testament authors pick this to title Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These are gospels, these are good news. Guess what? Jesus is on the throne. So we serve a king, and we're part of a kingdom, and that's what gives us our authority through Jesus. That's why he says in this passage, right, we implore you on Christ's behalf as if God is speaking through us. And that's why sometimes when it comes to ambassador language, we go, wow, this is kind of strong language. Listen to what Paul is saying here. This is what ambassadors are doing. Persuade, 
implore, commend, compel, opportunity. That sometimes using God's authority and operating in God's authority means that God's going to call us to do things that seem like a little beyond ourselves. The Holy Spirit may tell us to take a step out and to tell somebody about Jesus that we're like, I I don't know, but God's like, it's time, go. (laughs) Or there may be somebody that we're supposed to tell a message from the Lord or an image we got or a picture or something the Holy Spirit is speaking to us in a word of knowledge. And we go, I I don't know, but okay, God, you have the authority. You speak, I go. If I'm an ambassador just doing what I want all the time and I'm not listening to what the king wants, I'm not going to be an ambassador for very long, right? (laughs) Thankfully, God's much more gracious than that. He works with us no matter what. (laughs) God has grace, but he wants us to listen. He wants us to listen as he speaks by his Holy Spirit. I remember I was uh, at a conference, the Northern Pastors Conference, several months ago where all the pastors from kind of northern Ontario gathered together from from our fellowship. And I've never had this happen before. I'm, I'm like, you know, like, I've been in a lot of services where somebody stands up or sits up and says, you know, I have a word for someone, and they'll just say, you know, is it a word for this person? Or even, you know, point at someone and say, I think God has a word for you, and he's saying this. And sometimes it's weird. Sometimes the person's like, oh, okay, cool. And sometimes there's just like, whoa, I know exactly what God was saying. So Trisha Gibb was there, and that happened to me. She had this word, and I was like, okay, um, I don't know why I need that now. I probably could have used that five years ago, but okay, you know, cool. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. This is good. And then um, <laughs> the last few months have just been ridiculous for, for Jared and I. There have been, like, just a lot of really difficult stuff happening. And that story is still being written, so I'm not going to, you know, go into those details. I'm not going to talk about things while, while they're happening. But, like, I'm like, oh, that's what that word was about. Okay, God, that's why you talked to us. That's why you gave us that, right? I don't get some heads nodding here, right? This is why you did that. Because God knows. Now, it was probably a little weird for her to be like, I just got to say that to that person, right? Because it never gets easy. But that Trisha, again, is somebody who's walked with God enough and has heard from God enough to go, okay, God, I don't know why you're saying this. And right now, Meredith doesn't know why you're saying this. But I'm going to say what you're, what, what you're telling her to do. I'm going to speak about it. And many of us can share, and I can share, right, times that God's given us a message and it's been like, okay, I don't know exactly why you're saying this. And sometimes you'll know right away. And sometimes it's just like, okay, God, it's going to come out later why you've said this message through you. But I'm your ambassador. So if you want to speak through me, I'm okay with that. I'm not going to demand it. I'm not going to say it's going to happen all the time. But God, I want to be open to it because I want you to do what only you can do by your power. Last thing we have today is what an ambassador does. Ambassadors carry culture. An ambassador, again, if you're a Canadian in Germany, you are carrying Canadian culture in Germany, right? You're going to do things a little differently. You may not get as angry when somebody uh, sorts the recycling the wrong way, right? Canadians are a little more polite that, about that. My family is German, so I can say, you know, if you sort the recycling the wrong way, that's it. You're, that, that's it. <laughs> but Canadians do things a little differently, right? It's going to be different about how you operate in the culture that you're in. And classic for this, right, is the story of Daniel and Babylon. What did Daniel and his friends do in Babylon? With great boldness and great sensitivity, they're captured, right? But with boldness and sensitivity, they go, okay, how do I do this? How do I navigate being somebody who believes in God, is only going to worship God in Babylon? I'm sorry, we're not going to eat that food. You can test us. 
but we're not going to eat that food because that wouldn't be honoring to God. No, we're not going to bow down, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we're not going to bow down to the statue. Oh, okay, I'm not supposed to pray to God. I'm still going to go into my house and pray three times a day, right? Even if it gets Daniel thrown into the lions. And these are guys that at the same time, they're respectful. They work for the good of the city. They are in positions of power and keep being given more power. But they are careful. They say, I carry the culture of where I'm from. I know the God I serve. And I'm not going to accommodate or give in even as I work within where I am. We carry the culture, right? There's sensitivity and boldness. That can be real tough, right? Number one, because we're in the age where TV, social media, the internet, every media outlet, every algorithm, every way of making money does not reward that balance. It rewards really brash boldness, right? Like, I'm going to tell you how it is, and I'm going to tell you it in a really bold way. Or it rewards, like, this kind of mushy sensitivity where you don't really say much at all, right? Sensitivity and boldness have to go together. I really appreciate what they have in the Mission of Life course talking about the combination of this. Like, if you go to try and reach an unreached tribe, and you just go in and you start preaching at them, you maybe you've learned the language, but you don't know anything about their customs or approach, and you just go in and you preach to them, and you get killed in the process, well, you have high boldness, but you have low sensitivity, right? Now, if you go to reach an unreached tribe and you never tell them the gospel, but you actually just start to live among them and you actually become a tribal witch doctor, well, that's really sensitive. But that's no boldness, right? You're not carrying the message of Christ. Now, if you don't go at all, that's no sensitivity and no boldness, right? That's cowardice. But what we're called to as Christ ambassadors is the Daniel culture, right? The Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. To not have compromise, where it's all sensitivity and no boldness. Not be offensive, where it's all boldness and no sensitivity. To not just be irrelevant by like, I'm not going to go and talk to anybody or do anything. But to be people who can live in Babylon with the culture of the kingdom. With the culture of Christ is our king, Christ is our kingdom. And we get to speak by the Holy Spirit on Christ's behalf. An uh, old scholar uh, named Niebuhr talked a lot about Christ and culture and the different ways that they relate it. And what we end up talking about a lot of the time is this. It's Christ transforming culture. There's a lot of ways in which we can say, you know, this part here, this, this is Christ against our culture. This isn't going to match. And there's ways, like Hudson Taylor, right, one of the first missionaries to China, said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dress like the people I'm with. I'm going to wear my hair like the people I'm with because this is sensitivity. But what we need to remember is that we present the gospel of Christ, a king and a kingdom, who will end up transforming people and transforming our cultures. So they end with a quote like this. He says, this is from um, Tyler Preeb, who did, who did this session. He says, if you're never taking any risks of courageous obedience, you're probably not fully representing the kingdom. But if you're only ever confronting people on your terms, you're probably not fully representing the kingdom. We need boldness and sensitivity. We need courage and context, right? We need the Holy Spirit to give us the wisdom to know how we can be in the world, but not of the world, right? As we close, Jared's going to come up and do a worship song. And after that, I would encourage you to hang out. Uh, we have the finished service happening at 1130. We've got some coffee and some stuff. And I encourage you to hang out, say hi to someone, say an encouraging word. Let the Holy Spirit speak through you and 
be open to what anything he wants to say through people there as well. But I want us to stand uh, together. I'm going to pray four things over us. I put them on the screen this week. I pray that we would know our identity as Christ's ambassadors today. I'm going to pray that we represent Jesus well. That as we know the king, we reflect God's value, God's culture, and God's story. I'm going to pray that we act from the authority that Christ has given us. And I'm going to pray that all of us, including myself, show that mix of sensitivity and boldness we need. So let's bow our heads. God, I thank you that you've made us something. We didn't apply for the job of ambassador. And we certainly weren't qualified, God. But you saw fit to give us your Holy Spirit. You saw fit to make us your representatives. So God, I pray that we would know that identity, Lord, that you would fix it in our hearts. That if any of us here today or are watching online are feeling unworthy, unqualified, or that they're not there yet, God, let them know that by your Holy Spirit, by saving them, by raising them to life, you have made us your ambassadors. God, sink that into our hearts today by your Holy Spirit. And God, with that, help us to grow in representing you. Not representing our preferences, our ideas, God, but that through our personalities, through our lives, we would, know what it, we would show what it is to represent Jesus. God, I pray that we would be able to act from our authority, Lord. That we would carry the gospel and the good news of Jesus. Lord, help us to speak, God, with that authority to tell of what you've done. And God, by the Holy Spirit, to give the messages, the words, the encouragement that your Holy Spirit wants to give for us through, through us to other people. And God, finally, I pray for each person, again, here and online, Give us that balance of boldness and sensitivity, God. We don't want to be irrelevant. We don't want to be offensive. We don't want to be accommodating God in a way that compromises the gospel, Lord. But help us, God, to be able to both proclaim your message clearly and to do it in a way, God, that it will be received, God. That as we pray for your Holy Spirit to open blind eyes and to unstop deaf ears, God, to make people receptive to your spirit, Help us to present it, God, in that bold and sensitive way. God, today we finish just thanking you for who you are and what you've done. And thanks for making us ambassadors, God. Thank you for gifting us, God, with such an awesome role. In Jesus' name, amen.